0: What is up guys it is Quinn here and in this video we're going to be running through some of my top waiver wire targets heading into week five so going through around five players at each position running backs wide receivers quarterbacks tight ends and then some defensive streamers while you guys are watching if you're enjoying the video do me a huge favor hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and then you guys can ask me any fantasy questions down below so maybe you see a player that you want to pick up but you know you're not sure if you want to drop this dude off your bench you can ask that down below. You can do start sits, trade advice, whatever you guys want to know, I'll be answering every single comment. And then one more thing, I want to talk to you guys about underdog. On underdog, you can do best ball drafts, you can do weekly pickums, you can do weekly fantasy football drafts. If you guys are sitting here and you know maybe you're in one or two fantasy leagues, your teams are struggling, you're not exactly having a ton of fun, you can go in, you can join a best ball resurrection draft It basically is going to be scoring from week six through the end of the season. You don't have to set your lineups. It's brand new ADP. You know, the rankings are totally switched up from the start of the season. So a fun opportunity there. And if you guys sign up for underdog using the code Quinn, they will double your first deposit up to $100. So you put in $10, they will give you $20 hop into two of those drafts. So there's gonna be a link down below in the description if you guys are interested, but let's jump into the waiver wire targets. And I don't think I said it at the top, but these are gonna be players who are available in 50% or more leagues. And I'm using uh, the ESPN waiver wire to get those percentages, but we're gonna start it off at the running back position. And I think this week, the running backs are very, very strong. And we're gonna start it off with Brian Robinson, owned in 37.3% of leagues. I come on here every single week. I talk about picking up Brian Robinson and then I go I update the graphic and his ownership percentage is basically the same every single week. I promise you guys, not promise but pretty sure after this week Brian Robinson is not going to be on your waiver wire. He was locked in to miss the first 4 games of the season recovering from his gunshot wounds. He can return in week 5. It looks like he's on track and I think it's very likely that if you turn on the Commanders game I think next Sunday, I believe they play on Sunday. That when you're turning on that game, it is very possible that Brian Robinson is taking the first snap at the running back position. He can be the starting running back on this team. Antonio Gibson has not been impressive over the last few weeks. Brian Robinson was going to be the guy coming into the season, and you can grab a starting running back on an offense that may not be great, but they're not horrific. You can grab that starting running back off of waivers. This is a very, very rare opportunity. If you guys have not picked up Brian Robinson yet, please, please do it. It is totally worth it. The next running back is going to be Isaiah Pacheco, and we just saw him on a Sunday night. He's only owned in 10.6% of leagues. He's a guy that I wasn't super interested, you know, the first few weeks, just because this Chiefs offense was a committee. He didn't really have a huge role, and it's like, all right, if he does get work, you're going to have McKinnon taking third downs, or you're going to have CEH taking early downs, red zones. He's starting to eat out a roll, and he's starting to look good. He had 11 carries, looked really solid in his opportunities. And the thing with CEH here, he continues to put up really strong production. He's been wildly touchdown dependent. I look at his numbers every single week. It's completely unsustainable, but you just got to keep firing him up as a start. The thing is, CEH isn't some daunting back you know, for Pacheco to be backing up. CEH could very easily lose this job. I mean, I thought, you know, we could see Pacheco taking over after CEH dropped that fourth down. Like CEH just seems like he is, you know, another drop or a goal line fumble away from losing that red zone work. And if Pacheco can come in, take that goal line work, then he's a weekly start. So I think he's a very strong guy to roster on your bench. And you're almost just betting on CEH kind of screwing up here because the red zone opportunities, the touchdown upside is just so high for whatever running back they want in there. So I definitely think he's worth rostering. Another guy who is totally worth rostering, and I've been hyping this dude up basically all throughout the off season, heading into the season, waiver wire, all of it. Rashad White owned an 11.4% of leagues, and I was hyping him up when he was just a pure handcuff, not getting any opportunities. I still said he was worth having on your team. He goes out on Sunday Night Football, I know it's a weird game script, I'm not expecting him to be taken like 40% of the carries next week, but he goes out, he has a role, he gets into the end zone, he looks very competent as a pass catcher, and he is only owned in 11.4% of leagues. This is a guy who, you know, maybe in certain matchups could have a flex role, but once again, if Fournette goes down, Rashad White becomes a weekly top 12 running back. These are the players you want on your teams. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw it for yourself. He looked solid. He's a fluid pass catcher. That's why I really liked him as a prospect. So I think he definitely needs to be on rosters, whether you have Leonard Fournette or not. Another handcuff that is definitely you know more owned is going to be Alexander Madison, owned in 47.8% of leagues. He's the locked in Dalvin Cook handcuff. I'm sure the Cook owners were upset because Alexander Madison did get the uh, touchdown early this morning. But so he's getting opportunities in a game where Dalvin Cook is playing. I don't think he's ever gonna be startable with Cook in the lineup, similar to Rashad White, right? Like they may have a few good games here or there, but you're never gonna trust them if the lead back is ahead of them. But like I said with Rashad White, if Dalvin Cook goes down, Madison is probably a top 15 running back in that week. Those are the guys you want filling out your bench. And then for the final running back pickup, I was debating between Eno Benjamin and then the guy that I actually went with. And that is Mike Boone. And he's basically free everywhere. Owned in only 0.1% of leagues. And unfortunately, this is due to a Javante Williams injury. It seems like the Broncos believe he has a serious knee injury. I think the hope here is that there have been a few weird injuries this season where they seem super serious and then it ends up being like nothing and the dude plays the next week. Obviously, that's what we're hoping for here. But at the time that I'm recording this, it seems like it's serious. He was seen on crutches. And so you would expect that, okay, Melvin Gordon will just step up. Melvin Gordon will be the guy. This is why you've been rostering Melvin Gordon on your bench. The problem is Melvin Gordon just looks lost right now. I mean, I think he has four fumbles on the season. He was clearly beating himself up on the sideline. Then he comes in, has another drop. The thing here with Mike Boone though, is that it's not like he entered the game and started to light it up. Like He had a really crucial drop also that I think basically clinched the L for them. So this is kind of a weird spot where it's like, if I had to bet on a running back, it would definitely be Melvin Gordon figuring it out, especially considering that he was struggling to hold onto the ball coming into this game. And they were still playing him consistently, I guess, before he had that fumble here in week four. So I think Boone is worth rostering just in the case of Melvin Gordon just being done and kind of broken mentally. So I think he's worth a pickup. But if you're expecting, you know, Mike Boone to be getting Javante Williams opportunities, I think you're going to be disappointed, but definitely someone to look at. And, you know, maybe these other guys aren't available in more competitive leagues. He is someone who probably is on the waiver wire and could be worth picking up. So I really like the running backs. We're going to be moving over to the wide receiver position. And I think there are still some solid options here. And we're going to start it off with Romeo Dobbs. And I truly believe this dude will not be under that 50% ownership mark heading into week three or heading into week five. So this will be the opportunity to snag him. In week four, eight targets, five receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown. He also dropped a deep touchdown, a perfect pass from Aaron Rodgers. Once I saw that, I was like, oh, there he goes. He's never going to see the field ever again. It was like a Christian Watson in week one. They went back to him later on in the game. It doesn't seem like, you know, he's getting thrown in the doghouse, but if you really think about it, he adds that touchdown on top. This really could have been a monster game. I truly believe he has the highest ceiling of any Packers wide receiver. He's doing this as a rookie through four weeks. I mean, the sky's the limit really here for Romeo Dobbs. So I think he's someone who needs to be rostered. I think he's making a case that he should be started on a consistent basis. And I think he'll just continue to build on this. So definitely my number one wide receiver pickup this week. The next guy is a player that I've been talking about, I think, in every single video, and that is Michael Gallup. He is still only owned in 46.4% of leagues, didn't do anything crazy, three targets, two receptions, 24 yards, and a touchdown, but this was his first game back from an ACL tear, and Dak Prescott wasn't even playing. I wasn't expecting anything crazy here out of Michael Gallup. The one thing that I actually was impressed with was that he had an 83% route participation, I thought they were going to kind of ease him back i mean that's pretty close to like a full starter workload so good to see there on the route participation i think he's going to continue to get better and better more comfortable more confident you know coming off of that injury and then he's really going to boom later on in the season when dak is back so i do think michael gallup is a big time pickup for uh waiver wire and then moving over to a rookie wide receiver and that is george pickens owned in 37.7 percent of leagues so I'm someone who is very uh, you know, big on drafting rookie wide receivers. I'm very big on picking them up off the waiver wire. And this is kind of my general philosophy. So some rookies I'll be in on from the get-go. I'll draft them. I'll keep them on my roster. I've still got Sky Moore sitting on my roster, just you know, putting up zeros week after week. And I will probably still keep him there. So I'm someone who's in on rookies. But even some of these rookies who I don't think are super rosterable, Once they start to show that they, you know, can produce, you just got to pick them up because the upside they have is just so much higher than some of the other dudes on the waiver wire. So George Pickens has been running a decent amount of routes. He's had, you know, a decent amount of opportunities to get targets, hasn't commanded a ton of volume. He's sitting here, 37.7% owned, and he was the Steelers' leading wide receiver in this past week. Eight targets, six receptions, 102 receiving yards, that's a 31% target share. He had 50% of the team's receiving yards. And I think the important thing here is that you know a decent amount of this work came with Pickett as the quarterback. So Pickett comes in, they're both rookies. Maybe they have some sort of uh, you know like connection here throughout training camp. Maybe early on, they were playing with the twos together. Whatever it is, a quarterback switch up, a rookie wide receiver pops, you want to have that guy on your team. Now, I definitely think Deontay Johnson is still going to be the number one moving forward. I think he's clearly the top wide receiver on this team, but Claypool has been wildly disappointing. So I would not be shocked if Pickens can step up and be the number two moving forward. And I understand like the number two on a Steelers passing offense doesn't seem to be great. We don't know what's going to happen here with Pickett. He didn't have some sort of extraordinary game. I think he had three interceptions. Maybe it was two but you just never know what's gonna happen with these rookies. And he's someone I like the upside of starting to break out. And if he's sitting on your waiver wire, I think he's a strong pickup. And then we've got another guy who's a pretty consistent, uh, I guess, you know, dude who appears on this waiver wire video week after week. And that is Isaiah McKenzie. I'm honestly pretty surprised he's sitting here at only 20% ownership, especially after his big week three. The issue here with McKenzie is that he is still in a split for the slot work. So we saw some injuries happen here with the uh, Bills wide receivers. We saw Crowder go down with injury. And before Crowder went down, the problem was they were basically splitting the slot snaps 50-50. That continued. Crowder was out snapping McKenzie before Crowder went down. Then we ended up seeing Isaiah McKenzie leave the game with a concussion. So we don't know if he'll be good to go heading into week five, if he'll be fine, whatever it is but on the bright side here, Isaiah McKenzie just continues to produce. He got into the end zone again. He's averaging 12.3 points per game, three touchdowns on the season. So where we're sitting right now, if this wide receiver core is healthy, I don't think McKenzie is startable, you know, just because he's splitting snaps and that's just not going to work as a starter in your lineup. However, if he keeps producing, starts eating into those opportunities, then he's someone who can become startable. And that's kind of what you're looking for here with McKenzie. And now the fifth and final wide receiver is going to be Corey Davis, who is owned in 6.9% of leagues, coming off of a big game, five receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown, 18.4 PPR points. Zach Wilson looked brutal early on, led some great drives towards the end of the game, which is encouraging to see because I'm in on a lot of these Jets weapons. Not really Corey Davis, but guys like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, big on all of those dudes. And through four games, Corey Davis was kind of a guy where I was like, he's going to fade away. These dudes are going to overtake him. He hasn't disappeared, averaging 13.3 points per game through four weeks. Now, I will point out here that he is running the wide receiver three routes. So, you know, early on in the season, we had Corey Davis as the number two. Garrett Wilson was getting the number three opportunities. Garrett Wilson was too good to deny. Garrett Wilson gets bumped up to number two. Corey Davis is running the third most routes on this team. So it's something to monitor here where those could continue to go down, but he's kind of also at the point where if he's producing at a high level, they're going to have to keep him out there and he still is a talented wide receiver. So I'm not sure if he's someone who has super long-term value, but maybe you're in a deeper league. You need a spot start here and there. I think you could do worse than Corey Davis at this point in time. Now, moving over to the quarterback position, full transparency here, the waiver wire quarterbacks are just not it. So instead of listing five dudes who I just didn't like at all, I just went with two here, one that I like, one I'm a little iffy on. The dude who I'm very confident in is Jared Goff, owned in 44.1% of leagues. Heading into this week, I thought Jared Goff was a start. Then we're hearing Amon Ra is out. We're hearing DeAndre Swift is out. We're hearing DJ Chark is out. And I'm like, nah, I'm out of here. I do not want to be starting Jared Goff anywhere when his number one dude's TJ Hawkinson, and he's thrown to Josh Reynolds and some other dudes we've never heard of. He goes out 33.2 fantasy points without those dudes in the lineup, without his top two weapons, and then another solid wide receiver. Through four weeks, he's averaging 22.2 points per game. This Lions offense looks really, really strong. So he is someone who, if you need a streaming quarterback, your quarterback's injured, underperforming, whatever it is, I think he's someone you roster. And can give you probably top 12 quarterback play moving forward, especially when we're looking at, you know, some underperformers. Um, He's someone who could be giving you top 12, maybe even top 10 production when those dudes come back. And then the guy that I said I was a little iffy on, Geno Smith. So he is owned in only 14.6% of leagues, but the Seahawks have done a very interesting thing the last two weeks. So typically the Seahawks have been known as this kind of like slow paced offense, especially early on this year. They just want to grind it out. They want to run the ball a ton. Pretty gross for fantasy. They've really ramped up the pace of their offense. So they went from running like a league low number of plays per game to now being towards the very top. They're really playing to their strengths. They're relying on these elite wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And Geno Smith has been the beneficiary of that, throwing for back-to-back 320-plus-yard games and then accounting for at least two touchdowns the past two weeks. So I don't think this is a situation where just because they, you know, push the pace of play, Geno Smith's going to all of a sudden turn into, you know, Tom Brady out there throwing for 300 yards every week. But I do think in certain matchups, he could definitely be playable. And then when you just look at the other like waiver wire options at quarterback, this, you know, pace of play just gives, Geno Smith something interesting that some of these other dudes are lacking. Now, moving over to the tight end position, pretty similar to the quarterbacks. It is disgusting. I think there's probably one dude on here that I would trust in my lineup as a start. And I wouldn't say they're like, you know, someone I'm overly confident in. That guy would be Tyler Conklin, owned in 38.3% of leagues. He was someone who saw a ton of volume through three weeks. His route participation was elite. His snap share was elite. He did see a dip. I believe that is due to C.J. Ozama returning from injury, carving out a little bit of a bigger role. Conklin still had a 71% route participation and he did get over eight points. Obviously eight points seems pretty pathetic, but at the tight end position, if you're taking that, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. So he's gone over eight points, uh, PPR points in four out of four games. So someone who should definitely be picked up and is definitely not like the worst starting tight end in your league. And then you'll see four other dudes here, and I wouldn't trust any of these guys in my lineup, but I understand the tight end position is just horrible. Even elite options have been bad there's no consistency, it's rough. So these guys could just be tossed into the starting lineup and you know, you're just hoping for a touchdown and it kind of is what it is. So we've got Logan Thomas owned in 31.8% of leagues, had over 70% route participation, averaging five targets per game. You're hoping for a touchdown there. Taysom Hill owned in 10.8% of the leagues, got into the end zone in week four, still, I think only put up a little over eight points. It'll just be interesting to see if these Saints injuries linger into week five. If Jameis misses, if Kamara, MT are out, it'll probably open up more opportunities for Taysom Hill. Then we've got Hayden Hurst, owned in 21.4% of leagues, doesn't have elite route participation, doesn't have elite snap share, averaging 5.3 targets per game and has weekly touched on upside on this Bengals offense. And then the final tight end is Evan Ingram, who has had really solid route participation, just hasn't really translated it into points. He had a solid week two, was expecting bigger things in week three. It didn't happen. Then he goes out week four, has solid route participation again at 74%, but it's kind of a weird game, bad weather, Lawrence struggles. So maybe another dude will wait until uh, week five, but definitely someone that I wouldn't really want to be starting in my lineup. And then now onto some streaming defenses. I think we have four really strong kind of contenders here. We've got the Vikings owned in 20.8% of leagues going up against the Bears. Whatever team is playing the Bears, they should probably be one of the best streaming options. We've got the Dolphins owned in 31.9% of leagues going up against the Jets. Dolphins, solid defense. They're probably not going to be rostered a ton because they just went up against the Bengals. Rough matchup. I like a lot of the pieces on the Jets offense, but you know, they definitely have some turnover opportunities there. So I think the Dolphins are a solid stream. We've got the Jaguars owned in 5.3% of leagues going up against the Texans. And then the Titans owned in 5.6% of leagues going up against the Commanders. So those are some of the top defensive streaming options. And that's gonna wrap it up for my top waiver wire targets. If you guys did enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Really helps me out a ton. Ask me any questions down below. If you guys wanna sign up for Underdog, that is code Quinn. Uh, The link will be in the description. Thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.